Well, good morning, everyone. Glad you're here today. If you have your Bibles, turn to uh, Matthew chapter 3 just for a few moments. And we are going to continue in our series on the, the hymns. Hymns for hope, healing, and health. And today we're looking at the hymn, Softly and Tenderly. What a beautiful hymn. Written by Will Thompson in the 1800s. And Will was a, a publisher and wrote a few hymns, but this is really the, his most famous hymn. And this is, this is interesting. Out of the uh, several hymns that we've been discussing and looking at for the past couple of months, this is really the only one that wasn't written out of hardship. Amen. <laughs> it wasn't written out of heartache or, 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 or tragedy or a loss. But an interesting history on this hymn Will was friends with the great evangelist, D.L. Moody. Great man of God, incredible legacy here in the United States. Fiery evangelist, and, and D.L. Moody is world famous. And history tells us that, that, that D.L. Moody was on his deathbed. And Will Thomason wanted to go visit him, and the doctor said, I'm not going to let you in. But D.L. Moody heard Will's voice in the other room and called him to come in. And I'm going to read this because this is, this is really powerful. D.L. Moody told Will this. He said, I would have rather written softly and tenderly than anything I have been able to do in my whole life. D.L. Moody the great evangelist told the author of Softly and Tenderly, I would rather have written that hymn than anything in my entire life. And history tells us that the great evangelist D.L. Moody, on his last breath here on earth, was singing the song Softly and Tenderly. It's beautiful. Today I want to talk to you for the next few moments about how God, in a loud world, speaks softly and tenderly to you. Some of you are here today and, and, and you have trouble hearing the softness of God's voice. And there's a reason for that. So in the next few moments, we're going to look at how we need to develop an ear to hear God. How many know that God is powerful? God is awesome. God can speak the world into existence, yet many times in your life, in my life, he will speak to us softly and tenderly. And it's usually when you are going through a difficult time. It's usually when you are in the wilderness. It's usually when you are hopeless. 
It's usually when you are exhausted and tired and fatigued and wondering where in the world God is. God has a way, being the good shepherd of knowing when to speak to his children softly and tenderly. Now, there's some of you that you only believe God speaks harshly and loudly, and he's mad. But there is a personality of the Holy Spirit that speaks to us softly and tenderly. And there's a reason why D.L. Moody left this earth singing the song softly and tenderly because there's powerful comfort and wisdom and direction that comes when we learn to hear the softness and the tenderness of our Heavenly Father. Are you with me this morning? Now, I told you to go to Matthew, and I want you to stay there, but I want you to look at the top of your notes, and I want you to see that there's a scripture out of Hosea. It's in the Old Testament, powerful scripture that gives incredible truth to who the Holy Spirit is and how he speaks to his children. Hosea chapter 2, verse 14 says, Therefore, I now am going to allure her. That's you. That's me as a church. I will lead her into the wilderness... And there, speak tenderly to her. Powerful verse of Scripture. I want you to notice that God is saying, I'm going to allure. Watch this, church. I'm going I'm to pull. I'm going to orchestrate a time and a season where I'm going to pull the church. I'm going to pull my people, and I'm going to allure them. Watch this into the desert, into the wilderness. Now see, our human nature doesn't want to go to the wilderness. Our human nature doesn't like the desert. We like the good times. We like the prosperity. We like the blessing, and we resist the wilderness experience. But I want you to notice that it's in the wilderness experience that God is pulling us, and when he pulls us into those seasons of dryness, of hopelessness, of exhaustion, of questioning, there is when God speaks to us, and he speaks to us softly and tenderly. Without the wilderness... Without the desert, without the times of loneliness and despair, you can't hear him speak softly and tenderly. So God says, I'm going to allure her, I'm going to pull her, I'm going to drag her gently into the wilderness, and there in the wilderness, I'm going to speak softly and tenderly to her. How many have ever been in the wilderness? About four of you. What about the balcony? How? <laughs> Questions? Doubt? Despair, worry, fear, and it's in those seasons that God orchestrates so that he can speak softly and tenderly to you. Now, the reason why some of you had trouble with this is because your father never spoke softly and tenderly to you. And you believe that God is harsh and rash and mad. So it's hard for you to receive 
soft and tender words from a heavenly father because your earthly father never spoke words of tenderness and never spoke softly. It's in the wilderness that God speaks to us softly and tenderly. Now, go to Matthew chapter 1. If you're still with me, let me hear an amen. amen. I want to just revisit this principle of the wilderness, because it's in the wilderness, it's in the desert when God speaks softly and tenderly to us. Here's Matthew, uh, he, in Matthew chapter 3, Jesus is being baptized. I believe in baptism. And that's why we're going to have a baptism here. Michelle, when's the date? March? March 15th. We got a brand new tank. And we're going to put that tank right here. And we're going to baptize people that want to follow Jesus Christ. Full immersion. Soaking wet. All the way down and all the way up. We're going to baptize people. Can I get an amen? amen? Why do you say that? Well, because Jesus was baptized. We've got to make this thing real simple, folks. If Jesus was baptized, I want to be baptized. Well, I'm getting some Methodists mad right now. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went out of the water. And at that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son with you. I am well pleased. Now, wouldn't that be so nice if this chapter stopped right there? Wouldn't it be nice just to be able to hang out on the mountaintop, never have problems, never have heartache, never have questions, never have a time of doubting, never have a time of hopelessness, wouldn't it be great if we could just stay in that utopia and live on the mountaintop? But I want you to notice that as soon as Jesus heard God the Father speak over him, you are my son, you are my daughter, with you I am well pleased, the very next thing that happened to Jesus happens to you and me. Chapter 4, verse 1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Oh, Pastor Scott, God doesn't love me. I'm in the wilderness. I'm having a time of doubting. I'm full of fear. Where are you, God? Pastor Scott, God no longer loves me. And the beautiful irony is this. That because God loves you, he will orchestrate seasons in your life where you will be in the wilderness. And we avoid it. Our modern day Christianity doesn't have room for seasons of doubt, seasons of dryness, seasons of fear and questions. Yet, it's the very thing that creates that atmosphere where God can speak softly and tenderly to us. 
Jesus was loved. He had the affirmation of God the Father, and then the very next thing, he was driven into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. We don't have time to go there today, but, but, and, and I've taught you this for many years. In Psalm 23, one of the greatest scriptures in the Bible, it speaks of the four seasons that we go through as Christians. It speaks to the seasons that we all encounter. We encounter them individually. You encounter them as a household. You encounter them as a church. The seasons of life. It's there in your notes. Look at that. Green pastures speak of the summertime. The still waters speak of the fall. The valley is that wintertime. And then the table in the presence of our enemies is the springtime. Psalm 23, four seasons Yet it's in the wilderness. Everyone say wilderness. wilderness. It's in the desert that David said, there you are with me. See, it doesn't say that God is, although God is. It doesn't say that God's with us in the springtime. It doesn't say God's with us in the, in the green pastures. It doesn't say he's with us at the table in the presence of our enemies. It says in the valley there you are with me. And what is he doing when he's with you in the wilderness? He's speaking softly and tenderly. See, there's somebody right here today. You're in a dark, dark moment. And God has brought you to this place. Not because he doesn't love you. No, the opposite. He loves you greatly. And he loves you enough to bring you into this season where he can speak softly and tenderly to you. So instead of resisting and fighting the wilderness, as believers, we need to be like D.L. Moody. And we need to say, I love that song. I love when you speak softly and tenderly to me. God, speak to me. I need to hear your voice. Amen. Are you all with me this morning? Amen. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. He's calling to you in the dark times of your life, and he's going to be there with you. And one day, you're going to be at the table in the presence of your enemies. You're going to taste victory again. You're going to see the sun. You're going to have the springtime. But you've got to walk through that wilderness, and it's there in the wilderness that God speaks softly and tenderly to us. Are you all with me? Amen. Now, I'm going to take a risk. Yeah, you say bring it. It's easy for you to say. You're sitting there. I, I'm the one in front of you. And, and now, and Michelle and David, let me use you just for a moment. I'm going to illustrate this just for, just for a moment, and then we're going to. Oh, yeah, you guys got to come up here in the front. There you go. Well, I'm going to figure out how to do this here, but we'll, we'll, we'll just figure this out. As I was studying this and I was praying for this, I see kind of things, I see pictures and then I just try to illustrate them. So I'm going to try to do that right now. Hopefully it's going to make sense. Many believers don't recognize the softness and the tenderness of God our Father. There is a, there's a, there's a barrier that is man-made, that clouds or filters 
what we hear from God. God speaks softly and tenderly, but because of our own man-made barriers and barriers, I might add, that the enemy builds, there are filters between us and God. So God speaking softly and tenderly, we hear judgment, shame, correction, discipline. And although God does that, we need to develop as sheep, we need to develop the ear that hears the softness and the tenderness of God our Father. But there have been barriers that have been built that keep us from hearing the way God really speaks. Does that make sense? So I wrote this down. Watch this. You hear God speak and you hear guilt, shame, judgment, condemnation, humiliation, stigma, disgrace, blame, fault, dishonor, and wrongdoing. God is speaking acceptance, approval, blessing, confirmation, endorsement, support, validation, encouragement, grace, and assistance. And because the barrier has been built by the enemy and by ourselves, God is speaking one thing and we're hearing another. Does that make sense? So let me illustrate this just for a moment. And I just got this shower curtain off of Tammy's shower. I got to, just kidding, I got to put it back up this week. Okay. Michelle, David, you're going to be over there. You're going to be God. Michelle, you're going to be, I want you to hold this up like this. There you go. All right, watch. I can see but it's cloudy. I can hear, but it's not clear. We build these barriers, these filters that prevent us from hearing clearly what God is saying. Now, we build these walls, these filters, and so does the enemy. Because the Bible says that the enemy is the accuser of all the brethren and all the sisters. How many brothers and sisters do we have here today? Let me hear an amen. amen. So the enemy is continually accusing you and helping you to build up this barrier. That word there, he's the accuser of the brethren. It means that he publicly pulls you out and publicly condemns you. That's what the accuser of the brethren does. So you build these walls, the enemy builds these walls, and here is God speaking to you softly and clearly, and yet because of the barriers that have been built by the enemy and built by us, we can't decipher those words because there are filters and barriers that are between us. Does that make sense? Yes. See, your background the way your father treated you, the way your mother treated you, many times is a filter and a barrier that the enemy uses to bring separation between you and a loving, caring God who speaks softly and tenderly. So he speaks, David, come closer. He speaks, watch this, 
acceptance, love, grace, but because of this filter, you hear judgment, shame, condemnation. You're not doing enough. Are y'all with me this morning? And God is a God who speaks softly and tenderly to you, but because we have allowed ourselves and the enemy to build these barriers, many times we don't hear clearly what the Spirit of God is saying to us. How many can understand what I'm talking about? Voices of defeat, voices of shame, voices of condemnation, voices of judgment, voices that have been filtered because the enemy is just the accuser of the brother and he's up there pointing at your guilt, pointing at your shame, pointing at your mistakes, pointing at your sin, and yet we have a beautiful Heavenly Father who is speaking softly and tenderly and we are unable to hear what God is saying because of the filters that have been made by the enemy and by us. And what God wants to do, and what we have to partake in this, is to tear down the words that have been spoken by the enemy, the words that the accuser brings to us, and we've got to drop this veil. We've got to drop the filter and say, God, help me to hear your clear, small, smooth voice and help me to hear your soft and tender words to me as I'm going through this difficult time. It's in those moments that God speaks, and it's soft, and it's tender, and it's filled with grace and compassion, not shame and judgment. Can I get an amen? amen? Thank you, guys. So let me give you very quickly, I've only got a few more minutes. When God speaks to us softly and tenderly, there's four things I want to communicate today on how God speaks and what happens when he speaks softly and tenderly. Would you like to hear them? Let me hear an amen. amen. How many would like to hear God clearly and hear his small, still, sweet voice that is speaking over us softly and tenderly? Number one, when God speaks softly and tenderly to you, It's for the purpose of direction. The purpose of direction. How many know that life is filled with millions of decisions? Think of all the decisions you make on a daily basis. Think about all the times that you and I make decisions on our own and not asking the Holy Spirit to guide and lead us. When God speaks to you softly and tenderly, the first thing he does is he speaks to you so that you will get direction. I was thinking the other day, what did we do without the GPS on our phones? We got lost. Remember the times, and I'm dating myself, you would go to 7-Eleven and pull out a quarter and go to the pay phone and call someone to get directions? And now, what do we have? We have instant Michelle, let me borrow your phone. We have instant GPS technology that helps us and prevents us from getting lost. You can go anywhere in the world with this little machine right here. And the Holy Spirit is like this iPhone. When you need direction, when you need wisdom, 
When you need to make a decision, God will speak softly to you, and he will give you the wisdom and the direction that you need. You know what happens to me when I get lost? I get frustrated. I get mad. I get fearful. I get agitated. The Holy Spirit, watch this, when he speaks softly and tenderly to you in the wilderness, he's speaking wisdom, and he's giving you direction. Look in your notes. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21. Whether you turn to the right or the left, your ears, everyone touch your ears. Your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. Now watch this. Bruce, you were with me. This is probably 20 years ago. Bruce and I were in the Holy Land, and we were filming for a TV show. And we were in the middle of the bottom of a valley. And I remember as a young, young man, I had this image that sheep were white and cute and fluffy, and they smelled good. So I'm in the middle of this valley with a TV crew taping, and suddenly over the hill came this honking sheep that were about that big and about that big around, and they smelled. You could smell them coming. <laughs> and one by one, these sheep started coming over the hill. One, ten, two dozen, four dozen. There was hundreds of them. And I remember as a young man, this was my thought. I was like, that is really interesting. There's all these sheep. Where's the shepherd? See, I assumed that God led this way as a good shepherd, that he walked and you followed. Now, how many know that we do follow the great shepherd? But there are times in your life, listen, there are times in your life where you are going to hear from behind you, this is the way. Walk in it. See, you're not going to have Jesus to follow. Why? Because he wants us to live by faith. And how convenient it would be for us to be able to walk through life and always have Jesus as the good shepherd leading us. There will be times, especially when you are in the wilderness, where Jesus will not be out front leading you. He will lead you from behind. And you will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. It takes faith. You can't live by what you see. You've got to live by what you hear. And when you hear the soft, tender voice of the Holy Spirit, he will speak direction to you, and it's usually requiring you and I to live by faith, and we'll hear a voice behind us saying, this is the way, walk in it. David, let me use you one more time real quick. Everybody give David a hand. He does such a good job. All right, now, David, it would be so easy for you to follow me if I just said, David, follow me, and you do what? You follow. I'm here. He can, a little closer, he can touch me. He can see me. He knows I'm here. And that's easy to follow this way, isn't it? But what about if I, as a good shepherd, get behind David and say, David, I'm not going to be in front of you. 
You're not going to be able to see me, but you are going to hear from behind. This is the way. Walk in it. David, I never told you to start. (laughs) David, you're getting ahead of me. Wait for my voice, David. David, you're going to hear from behind you. This is the way. Walk in it. Go forward. Just go a little bit slower, David. You can hear a voice behind you. Now, David, there's a a wall a few feet away from you. I want you to turn left and walk straight. Stop, David. We need to wait just a moment. You're living by faith. You don't see me. You can't touch me. But you're living by faith because you are hearing my small, still, soft voice. Back up just a little bit, David. I know you don't understand this, but I just want you to back up. Turn left and go back to sit next to your beautiful wife. God will lead you at times from behind you. And it's going to require that you live by faith and listen for that soft, tender voice. Number one, he'll give you direction. How many are still with me? Let, me? let me hear an amen. amen. Number two, he'll give you comfort. Psalm 23, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they what? They comfort me. Bruce, if you can go to the keyboard, God's voice brings direction. God's voice brings comfort. Number three, God's tender voice brings encouragement. Encouragement. Look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 16. May the Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and by his grace. Everyone say grace. grace. Say it one more time. Grace. By his grace, he gives us eternal encouragement and good hope. See, when you're in the desert, you need direction You need comfort. You need encouragement. And then number four, he speaks to us strength. Strength. Colossians chapter 1, verse 11. Being strengthened with all power according to his gracious might so that we may have great endurance and patience. Endurance and patience. That's what God speaks to us. He speaks to us strength. He speaks to us encouragement. He speaks to us comfort. He speaks to us with wisdom and direction. When we clearly hear the soft and tender voice of God our Father. Now, this is what we're going to do. Because all week you've heard words of judgment, condemnation, words of hopelessness, the accuser of the brethren has brought words of shame. I sense there's people here today that, 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 that the enemy has brought up sins from years ago and keeps bringing them up. Not allowing you to live in the liberty and the freedom that you can have through Jesus Christ. Don't allow the accuser of the brethren to, 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 to filter the beautiful, soft, and tender words that God wants to speak to you today. Now, this is what I want us to do. 
I want us to close our Bibles. And for the next few minutes, as we have this song sung for us, the hymn, I want you to close your eyes. I want you to listen. Not to the voice of the enemy, but I want you to hear the small, still voice that speaks comfort, strength, encouragement, and wisdom to you. And allow his words that are soft and tender to speak to your spirit. Watch this real quick before you close your eyes. If it was good enough for D.L. Moody, it's good enough for me. The man who saw millions of people saved all over the world. If it was good enough for D.L. Moody to, to hear in his last days the soft and tender voice of his father, how much more should we? See, the Bible says, man doesn't live on bread alone, but you live, watch this, by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's how you live. That's how you get through darkness time, dark times. That's how you get through the wilderness. That's how you get through times of trouble. You're living off of the words of God. And I believe in this, and I'm, I'm praying for this right now, that as we listen to this hymn, filters are going to drop. Barriers are going to be removed. Walls are going to be brought down. And you and I are going to clearly hear. Why? Because we live by what we hear. And I can tell you, God's not as mad as you've made him out to be. God's not as angry as you've made him out to be. God's not bringing up sins from 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. That's not the voice of God. Why? Because he speaks softly and he speaks tenderly. And you can't live without hearing what he's saying to you today. You're my son. You're my daughter. With you I am well pleased. I speak forgiveness. I speak grace. I speak mercy. I speak wisdom. I speak hope. And softly. And it's tenderly. And it's beautiful. So close your eyes and allow the Holy Spirit to remove barriers today. Allow the Holy Spirit to remove anything that would cause you and I from hearing clearly what the Spirit of God says.